Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. How many of you found that what we talked about last week touched something in your heart? About being a passionate people. Did it, did it talk to anyone? Or oh, did to Paula? Okay. Well, it was worth doing just for you, Paula. I mean, I don't know. I just felt something changed last Sunday. And as I've talked to other people during the week, I don't seem to be the only one who felt that. There was something different in the meeting. There was, there was more passion, if I'm honest, even before I got up and spoke. And it's good to hear people saying, you know, I woke up this morning and I couldn't wait to get to church. Now, that's not something we often hear in our society, is it? I woke up this morning and I just couldn't wait to get to church. You're about as likely to hear that as to hear kids get up in the morning and say, do you know, it's Monday morning and I got up and I couldn't wait to get to school. It just doesn't happen. And I think there was all sorts of things. I felt last week it was great to have a fuller band. I think it gave us a bit of a foretaste of what it's going to be like as we continue to grow. And I was just really encouraged as we heard from a number of different people who were really passionate about particular areas of church life. It spoke something to me. Even though I knew what they were going to say in broad terms, it still spoke something to me. I caught something. I caught something of their passion, and I went away feeling more positive because of it. And that showed me something. It showed me something I already knew, but it's one of those things we forget from time to time. It showed me that we all are capable of being a people of influence. When we show positive or negative reactions about anything, it has an effect on the people around us. Can you imagine being sat around a table, maybe at a dinner party, or even with your own family, and the first person who tastes the starter pulls a face, sticks their tongue out, and goes, Would that influence you? It would influence me. I would take a very small bit to start with, to see whether that reaction was because there was something wrong with the food, or perhaps it was just a personal dislike of theirs. But that would influence me. And so we have to be careful to make sure that we have the sort of impact on the people around us that we want to have. That's really what evangelism is all about. 
Evangelism is simply about helping people to think more positively about God and his church and then Jesus. So every time we have a positive conversation with someone about one of those subjects, we're actually doing evangelism. This is what Paul writes to the churches in Galatia. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me. To the churches in Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be the glory for ever and ever Amen I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel not that there is another one but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we've said before, so I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. You have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. <clears throat> and I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I may preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles apart from James, the Lord's brother. In what I'm writing to you, before God, I do not lie. Then I went to the other regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, 
He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. That's the opening chapter of this epistle. Paul was a person of influence. When you look at the whole way he addresses the Galatian church, it's clear that he expects his words to have an impact on them. The Galatians were obviously being influenced by visiting preachers. And these preachers had started to distort the good news about Jesus to suit their own agendas. Some of them, it seems, were preaching, but it was necessary for any non-Jewish believer to be circumcised. Others were going even further. And they were saying that it was still necessary to obey all of the law in the Old Testament if we wanted to stand justified before God. Now in doing that, what they were doing is they were taking things away from the power of what Jesus achieved for us by dying on the cross. Suddenly, it was no longer enough that he died. Suddenly, we have to obey the Old Testament law as well. But surely, if we had to obey the law before Christ died in order to be justified, and we have to do it now, What difference did Christ's death actually make? Paul's position on this is absolutely clear. And it's what he wrote in Romans in chapter 5. He says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. For the gospel to have any power, justification has to be on the basis of faith alone. And Paul uses some quite forceful arguments. He reminds them that he received the gospel direct from Jesus. He didn't hear it from another man, but he heard it when he was converted in a vision on the road to Damascus. So what he asserts is that he heard the truth in a form that was uncorrupted by anyone else's opinion. And then he tells them that he's discussed it with Peter and James in Jerusalem. And that they are in accord with him. He argues that even if we were to hear a revelation from an angel... We should not deviate from that truth. But it's in verse 10 that he actually asks quite a staggering question. He says this. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. 
makes me ask a question. Who am I seeking to please? Man or God? Which one of them am I trying to impress with my actions? You know, it's a good question. It's one that is relevant for us today. Because one thing is absolutely certain. You can't seek to please God and expect to be popular in this world. The reason for that is because we live to a different agenda. And the agenda we live to, if we are trying to please God, is one that seems silly to the world. If you're seeking to please God, then you often have to make decisions that make you unpopular with other people. And Jesus warned us about that. In Matthew 10, verse 35, he said, For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A couple of verses further on, he says, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Following God's will for your life will not make sense to people who do not know him. And so that question that Paul asks is a good one. And it's one we need to be asking ourselves daily. Paul encouraged the Roman churches. Do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. Let's as a church be a people who regularly ask ourselves, who are we trying to impress? It's interesting, even in this opening chapter of his letter to the Galatians, Paul manages between the lines to tell us a lot about himself. In verse 11, he says, For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached to me is not man's gospel. He attributes the gospel to a revelation beyond our earthly thinking. And then in verse 15, he says, But when he who set me apart before I was born, and who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me, in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. In there, there is a certainty about the reason he had been called. He refers to having been set aside to this purpose before he was even born. He was clear and he was secure in the fact that his life's aim was to fulfil the mission that God had set him apart for. 
And that is something that is important for all of us. God does not have accidents. It's no accident that God has chosen us. It's no accident that he's chosen Tim or Catherine or Colin or Carrie or Bob or Becky or Ilona or Susan. It's no accident that he's chosen Natalie or Joel or Chris and Jackie, David and Eve, Jonathan, Paula, Mawena, Brian, Alice or Sue. God does not set us apart by accident. He has chosen us. When Jeremiah heard the call of God on his life, this is what he was told. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Just like Paul, when God calls us to be his, he places a purpose in our hearts. We are a people who are called for a purpose. And we need to remember that. That above all else, we are called to make the glories of his son known. That his name might be lifted on high, that might be known throughout the nations. And it's good that we spend time seeking God and asking him to show us his purposes. To write them on our hearts so that they burn within us with a passion that nothing can put out. But Paul's message and ministry wasn't based on some short-term whim. This was not something that was written out of some flash-in-the-pan experience. Paul had stood the test of time. He had proved that he was in this for the long haul. He tells the Corinth church of his experiences... In comparing himself with others who boasted about their hardships, he says, But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, and then I'm skipping forward just a bit, I'm a better one. I'm talking like a madman with far greater labels, labours, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, dangers from my own people, danger from Gentiles, Danger in the city, danger in the wildness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food. 
in cold and exposure. Oh, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Sometimes the call we have on our life takes perseverance. Paul was a man who had persevered. And so sometimes we need patience in order to see God's timing on issues. Sometimes we need to let God deal with character issues or hurts in our lives that are holding us back before we can step out boldly into the works that God has called us to. You know, concert pianists aren't made overnight. They don't buy a book in a music shop one day and perform the next. The performance that you see them play that seems effortless and without music in front of them is the result of hundreds and hundreds of hours of practice. It's the result of years of dedication in fine-tuning their technique and their skills. And we need to approach our calling in God in the same way. We need to learn. We need to practice. We need to develop. So that when the time is right, we can move forward into all that God has in store for us. You know... If we were all to approach our mission with the intensity of a concert pianist, then the result of our life's work would be absolutely glorious. (coughs) The way we live our lives, it has a profound impact on those around us. People look at us all the time. And if we're different, they notice. I'm sure there are boys in the school where Tim works who look at him with wonder. Just wanting to be like him when they grow up. Whether that's wise or not is another issue. But whether we like it or not, we are all role models to someone. We're role models to our family and our children. We're role models to our neighbours, to our friends, to our work colleagues, or just those people we meet at the school gate. The only question really is what sort of influence are we? Are we positive or are we negative? Do you know what? It's your choice. The question comes back to who are you trying to impress? Man or God? Because the two will result in quite different lives. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. 
Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk.